0: On this bonus episode of Indie Thinker, we talk about parents, gun control, and the need for men to step up and be real dads. You're about to make the jump from the echo chamber into free and independent thought on the subjects of culture, causes, politics, and faith. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to watch. And because I'm a Christian, I believe that we do unto others as we want done unto ourselves. And I believe sharing is caring um, the second one's definitely scriptured like the first. Uh, I believe that it's only right to tell you that you should extend your love this way because I would do it to you if you had a channel, and you should subscribe. You need to subscribe to Anythinker right now. And, by the way, you can also go the extra mile scripture as well, and you can purchase sweet gear like this shirt. It's hiding behind the microphone a little bit, but boom, there it is. So if you want to get some sweet gear and you want to support Indie Thinker and what we're about, then you can go to our website right now, and at the top nav bar, you'll find a little arrow. You can click that and go directly to our store. We've got some really good gear that uh, you'll really like. It's high-quality stuff and stuff you'll enjoy wearing, so make sure to do that right now. Let's jump into some headlines. All right, so as we kick off the show today, I want to kind of illustrate why we're talking about the subject of guns and we're talking about parenting today well because just recently there was a hostage situation at a synagogue in texas where a single man came in said he had a bomb had a gun and then took people hostages now first off foremost got to make sure that we say a huge shout out to the SWAT team there and local law enforcement because they were able to take care of this situation without a single innocent civilian losing their lives so again We have nothing but an opportunity and a right and an obligation to say thank you to police officers, men and women who risk their lives every single day doing things like this that save countless lives, and they deserve our appreciation. So, so we need to say that, but also, too, the reason we bring up this story and the reason we're talking about gun control today, because, of course, Biden will never miss an opportunity to try to turn something into a political agenda. And here we have him doing that with this situation, speaking about guns.
1: Except that there's, t- there's so many guns that have been sold of late. It's just ridiculous. And, uh, and it's because of the failure of us to focus as hard as we should and as consistently as we should on gun purchases, gun sales, ghost guns, and a whole range of things that I'm trying to do.
0: So once again, we have the left trying to blame inanimate objects for things that are taking place, for crimes that are happening, and we have people like John Stewart who think that when we see these things happening, this is obviously, this is because inanimate objects, guns are allowed in America. So here's John Stewart talking about that.
1: We've lost the war on guns. Personally, I knew it was over after Sandy Hook. We had a chance to pick guns or kindergartners, and we went with guns. There are 393 million guns in America, and I don't want to be judgy, but I think it's gotten absurd.
0: Hunting season has arrived. Diamond hunting season, that is. If you have your sights set on this, you can get this free from Leanne's Fine Jewelry.
1: Every kill begins with K. Oh. I really miss that.
0: Now, as much as I hate to admit it, Jon Stewart is funny, and he has had better moments like this one.
1: How did this so wait a minute? You work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, "Mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. And you're like, no, the name of your lab, if you look at the name, look at the name, can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan.
0: But even when pandering to the woke ideology of the left and mirroring some of their talking points around gun control, it does bring up some interesting subjects like gun control do we really have a gun control problem in the united states so let me give you just a couple of little basic facts about gun control so that we don't have to fall for the lie that when sandy hook happened we could have gotten rid of all guns and we made a choice between guns and kids and we chose guns here in america so he is right about something that there are that many guns in the united states in fact according to procon Dot org. The United States has 120.5 guns per 100 people, or about 393,347,000 guns, which is the highest total and per capita number in the world. 22% of Americans own one or more guns. It's 35% men. 12% are women. All right, so... Let's just kind of put these numbers to the test here. So America is the number one gun-owning country in the world, according to Procon.org. So it would stand to reason, therefore, that the number one gun-owning country in the world would have the worst homicide rate in the world, right? They have the most guns, and we've chosen guns uh, when we could have chosen lives, and we chose guns instead, and our petty little rights. So let's see, where do we rank up in terms of homicide in the world? (laughs) The countries with the highest rates of violent gun death per 100,000 residents in 2019, number one, you might have guessed, since America is the number one highest gun-owning country in the world. Of course, number one is El Salvador. Well, then we'll go to the second one, and maybe we'll find a little bit more luck there. Well, the second one is Venezuela. But you guessed it, the third one, of course, as you might assume, since we are, the number one country with the most amount of guns in the world is, of course, Guatemala. Fourth, Colombia. Five, Brazil. Six, Bahamas. Seven, Honduras. Eight, U.S. Virgin Islands. Nine, Puerto Rico. And ten, Mexico. So I could go on and on and on, but hopefully you get the point at this, at this junction. That, yeah, we do have the highest amount of guns, but we don't really suffer from the highest amount of homicides or death by guns like some of these other countries in the rest of the world. Now, wherever we are on the list, it's nothing to brag about because it would be nice if it was zero. But to think that that's going to happen just simply because we remove guns on the street is to do what people on the left have done for far too long, is to blame an inanimate object for a problem that is caused by an animate person. So we don't blame guns for gun violence. We blame people for violence. And... That brings us to our next headline because we'll drill down a little bit further to what this really has to do with parents. So I'm sure you're familiar at this point in time with a story that happened last year.
2: Tonight, the parents of accused school shooter Ethan Crumbly are about to turn themselves in, according to their attorney, after being charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter in connection with Tuesday's deadly attack at a Michigan high school. At one point, the sheriff saying the parents were on the run.
0: We have our fugitive apprehension team. We are consulting uh, with the FBI and also the U.S. Marshals uh, fugitive team.
2: Earlier in a stunning press conference, prosecutors laying out a portrait of Jennifer and James Crumbly's actions leading up to the attack, allegedly carried out by their 15-year-old son. The facts of this case are so egregious. They say the suspect was there at the store when his dad bought the semi-automatic handgun. His mother saying on social media it was her son's, quote, Christmas present. Earlier that week, prosecutors say a teacher had been alarmed, catching the suspect doing an online search for bullets on his phone, but his parents allegedly ignoring calls from the school. His mother, Jennifer Crumbly, texting her son, quote, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn how not to get caught. And then the day of the attack, a teacher discovering the suspect's disturbing drawings. A drawing of a semi-automatic handgun pointing at the words, quote, the thoughts won't stop, help me, end quote. Between the drawing of the gun and the bullet is a drawing of a person who appears to have been shot twice and bleeding. Below that figure is a drawing of a laughing emoji. Both parents were called to the school and shown the drawings, but prosecutors say they never searched their son's backpack or told the school their son had access to a gun.
0: Now, before we go any further, I want to take a moment just to say there were four who were killed and seven who were injured in this deadly shooting that took place by this 15-year-old at a Michigan high school. Now, as you can tell from the story already, there's a lot more to this story than just the fact that this kid had a gun. The prosecutor, uh, the DA in in Michigan, is going after the parents and they are being charged with four counts of manslaughter. I want to drill down just a little bit further to show you exactly why so that we can get the big picture here beyond the talking points about gun control. And this is from NPR, quote, several warnings were raised about the 15-year-old the day before the morning of the shooting, including by a teacher who discovered disturbing drawings and messages on a math worksheet. On the morning of November 30th, a school guidance counselor called James and Jennifer Crumley, the parents, into a meeting where they were told to seek counseling for their son within 48 hours or else the school would call Child Protective Services, according to authorities. At the meeting, the Crumleys refused a request to take their son home from school and did not inform school authorities that they had already recently purchased a gun for him, according to the court. About two hours later, Ethan Crumley began his shooting spree, prosecutors say. Now, it doesn't stop there because there's more to this story. As far back as March of 2021, Ethan Crumley would text his mother, Jennifer, on more than one occasion, and always when he was home alone, that he thought there was a demon, a ghost, or someone else inside of the home. Now, you tell me, and it doesn't take a college degree to get this one, so it's a fair question. Would you buy this child a gun? The obvious answer is no. There's no reason this boy should have had a gun, and so... I personally think what the DA is doing here in Michigan is absolutely called for, because what this story shows us more than anything, and if you'll go back and look at any of these school shootings, is that what we have is derelict parents who are not doing their job, and this is why school shootings even exist. There are tons of guns in Tennessee, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. And not a whole lot of school shootings because there is responsible gun ownership taught to kids from a pretty early adolescent age here in Tennessee. Now, I'm not even going to get into, like, what age is the right age for any of that stuff. I'm just going to merely tell you. You can always trace wherever a kid has a gun back to bad parents. And this is maybe what we need a national conversation about if we're really concerned with school shootings if we're really concerned with things like Sandy Hook, then it behooves us to get to the point where we ask, what are we going to do about bad parenting in the United States? What are we going to do about the parenting crisis in America? By the way, if you hadn't already figured it out, the show today is dedicated to parenting uh, today. And so I want to jump into an article that is about uh, parenting, if not about big brothers. So according to Reuters, no jab, no job. Citigroup t- is going to fire unvaccinated staff this month in an inter-office memo. So you can already tell the gist of the article right now is that uh, Biden's mandate doesn't even need to take effect before some businesses blindly follow their leader off the cliff. But I want to dig into some of the article just so that you can get the flavor for what's happening there. Citigroup Inc. staff in the United States who have not been vaccinated against COVID-19 by January 14th will be placed on unpaid leave and fired at the end of the month unless they are granted an exemption according to a company memo seen by Reuters on Friday. Now, far be it for me to suggest anything other than that a private business can do what they want. If this is the policy that they want to implement, have at it. But but it's also quite disconcerting that we've come to this place in America where What people do with their own bodies and what people do with their own medical decision making is now subject to the whims of your employer. So this is something that was obviously started by our federal government and now private companies have taken this kind of policy to heart. Uh, But it clearly represents a shift in the way that things have been done in America prior to this moment. It represents a shift in people's understanding about roles in society and what roles we should truly be playing. So it should come as no surprise to anybody that I somehow think we have to re, uh, reassess and relook at some of the roles in society that matter most to us. Now, the biggest role that we can play in society, outside of just as an employer, even bigger than that, is the role of a parent. That role will shape the future generations of, of America. And parents have always played a seminal role to the interest of any society. To put it another way, I would just say this. If you're a good parent, you understand that you have a bunch of different roles. You are an employee. Maybe you're an employer. You are a husband. You're a wife. You're a sibling. You're you're many things. But one of the most important roles, if you understand this correctly, is that you understand that your role as a parent is a grave responsibility that we need to take seriously. And so yet again, I would say, how do we know if we're being good parents? We're so blind to this thing so very often. But what does a really good parent look like? Well, I can certainly show you what a good parent does not look like. The last headline will try to illustrate exactly how progressives are answering this question. And this is according to Susie Weiss in Barry Weiss's Common Sense Substack article. And the article says, quote, Americans are making fewer babies than we've made since we started keeping track in the 1930s. And some women, like Diamond, who is somebody who was mentioned earlier, who just decided that she's never going to have children, are not just putting off pregnancy, but eliminating the possibility of it altogether. Last year, the number of deaths exceeded that of births in 25 states, up from five the year before. The marriage rate is also at an all-time low at 6.5 marriages per 1,000 people. Millennials are the first generation where a majority are unmarried. They are also more likely to live with their own parents, according to Pew, than previous generations were in their 20s and 30s. Well, thank God that we have a bunch of children still living with their parents in their late 20s and early 30s. They also aren't having sex. The number of young men aged 18 to 30 who admit they have had no sex in the past year have tripled from 2008 to 2018. Cities like New York, where young secular Americans flock to build their lives, are increasingly childless. In San Francisco, there are more dogs than children. So, obviously, the progressive idea is to just totally run away from this, if at all possible, or how about this one? According to the Washington Post, men are getting vasectomies out of love. According to Newsweek and too many other news publications to mention, there are pro-choicers who think that men should be forced to have vasectomies if abortion laws like the one in Georgia go into effect. So here's the answer, right? If we're not going to be responsible parents, we'll just assure responsibility wherever we can. Forget about the fact that maybe we shouldn't be having premarital sex. Forget about the fact that if we do have a child, maybe we should figure out how in the world we can then care for that child. No, what we're going to do is we're just going to try to make sure that we avoid responsibility at all costs so that this thing called adolescence that is completely a fabrication of the American West can continue well on into our 40s so that we can live with our mothers in our basement and play Call of Duty. So here's the moral of the story through it all. We don't need less guns. We don't need more progressivism. We don't even need more vasectomies. We don't need less babies. We need good parents. We need parents, yes, who have read books and parents, yes, who have done the best that they can to try to raise their kids the way that they were raised. But we need something better than that. We actually need parents who have a strong system, a foundation underneath them of truth, a foundation of transcendent values that will truly help them raise their kids in a responsible way. I've I've talked about this very, very often, uh, how moving away from Christianity has caused some of the pains that we're experiencing right now, but perhaps one of these is also seen within the dynamic of parenting and needing good parents for to, to raise good kids. Now, I'm not going to lay that fully at the feet of Christianity just yet, but I'm just going to tell you that I do know of somebody who is a really, really, really good person to help you raise your kids the right way, to help instill virtue, to help instill truth, to help instill morality into your kids. I'm going to tell you about this person because I think you need to know this person. Now, it's also important to know this person because sometimes we don't know if we're good parents. We don't know if we're actually raising our kids the right way until, quite frankly, they're old enough to the point where perhaps it's too late at that point to even do anything about it. You know, the, the idea of parenting is such a subjective sliding scale that it's hard to really know if you're being a good parent. So, how do we know we're being a good parent? How can we truly parent our kids in the right way? So, again, I want to introduce you to this person. And you probably already know who I'm going to say. It's Mary Poppins. You bet you thought you were I was going to say God, right? No, no, no. Mary Poppins. Read that book, get into that uh, get into that story and you'll be the best parent alive. And Mary Poppins number will be down in the description of this podcast. All right. For our last segment today, let's go see what's happening in Christian news. throughout covid and obviously beyond because i think we're beyond covid now obviously it's still a reality but we're learning to live around it and to live through it so we're we're beyond covid especially in places where we refuse to go back to lockdown mode and refuse to go back to, to mask mode. So in the midst of that all, we, we've we seen some things happen, some high-profile pastors experiencing experiencing some failings, some oral failures in the midst of all of this. And it leaves one wondering, what is it about COVID? What is it about the pandemic uh, that, that caused some of these marital issues to come to light? Just recently here where I live, one of the biggest uh, megachurch pastors in our area was just exposed for for having an alleged affair. So, um, and and right now the the dominoes for that whole thing are just kind of are just kind of falling just now. And and we've seen this with Carl Lentz and Hillsong and other Hillsong churches. And perhaps we haven't even seen the the tip of the iceberg there. But one does have to, to question what it is about COVID that exposed all of those things or, or caused those things to come to light. So I'll, I'll save you my musings, but at least just... S- I'll save you my musings, but at least I'll just say this, that this has also happened with somebody who is, has been a really strong force in the Christian world, especially for women, namely Lisa Turkhurst. So her marriage of 30 years is now ending, according to the Christian Post, and it says this, best-selling author Lisa Turkhurst has announced she and her husband, Art, will be ending their marriage of nearly 30 years after he engaged in chosen patterns of behavior that dishonor God and the biblical covenant of marriage. Of course, Turkhurst is the founder of Proverbs 31 Ministries, which is focused on women, and is the author of books including It's Not Supposed to Be This Way and Forgiving What You Can't Forget. So obviously an ominous title in the midst of everything that just happened to her. Um, suffice to say, a couple of things I have to say about this is that, um, one, Chosen Patterns of Behavior that Dishonor God and the Biblical Covenant of Marriage seems a roundabout way to say adultery, if that is what we're dealing with here, and it sure seems like that. And then just the ironic nature of the title, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way in Forgiving What You Can't Forget, is, uh, is needless to say, heartbreaking, I think, when you when you think about the fact that now her marriage of nearly 30 years is is coming to an end. So a couple of things I want to say about this. First and foremost— is I want to say this. Lisa has been such a blessing to a lot of people, and I want to just say this, since I know Lisa loves this show and is listening right now. Uh, Lisa, we're praying for you, we're praying for your family, and moreover, I want you to know that you spoke something that I think is so relevant for you and so many other people who are listening right now, Um, that the winds that blow through the Garden of Gethsemane blow on those olive trees, and there's harsh winds and there's, and there's fresh winds, and both of those winds are necessary for that tree to grow strong and to be the tree that it needs to be, and the fruit that's on those, those olive trees won't be sustainable and won't be strong fruit that will last no matter whatever season comes its way if it's not for those harsh winds and those fresh winds. So I don't want to go any further than that, but suffice to say, right now you're experiencing a harsh wind, and there may be others who are experiencing harsh winds in their life right now, but the fresh winds will come again. And the other thing I would say about that is, is is this. Throughout this episode, I hope you've seen my angle here, my desire to try to help us understand that we need to offer the world at this time of such great importance. We need to offer the world something rather than the run of the mill, something that they can just find anywhere. They can find a guy that will commit adultery anywhere. He's a dime a dozen. But what we desperately need is we need good men. And in line with parenting, we need good fathers. That is one of the things that will be the cure for so much of what ails us in this society today. So obviously, from a Christian perspective, I would encourage that to happen within the confines of the Christian framework and the Christian moral teachings. But let's just face it. We just need good fathers in society today. We desperately need good fathers. Good men to raise good men and to raise good women. Of course, you know, don't get me wrong here. Of course, we need good moms raising good kids as well. But we really need men to step up in this hour and to be good parents once and for all to help our kids wade through anxiety, not avoid it, to help our kids face their fears, not avoid them, to help our kids understand who they are and why they were created, not not based upon whatever they can create in, an, in any given day, not whatever identity that they can develop, you know, at their latest whim, but why they were created on purpose and for purpose. So I just can't help but wonder if we've eschewed that responsibility and that's why we're experiencing so many of the aches and pains of our present day. We need good parents to rise up in this hour to raise good kids for not only the present but also the future. Well, I hope in some way that that was helpful to you today. Don't forget to go and check our sponsors over at KevinBlairTeam.com. Get locked into a brand new home mortgage rate for you and your family. And that's part of being a good parent too. Thanks so much for watching. We'll catch you next time. You can catch brand new episodes of Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman every Monday and weekly bonus episodes to keep you thinking throughout the week. But you have to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when new episodes drop. If you enjoy this content, make sure to like this video and share it with friends.